to show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Match Podcast. And this week's guest is a returning guest and a good friend of mine. I'd like to welcome back Miss Christina Calderon. Hello, Christina. How are you? (laughs) I'm so good. I am so happy to be here and be back on your show with you. And yeah, I don't know. I've missed you. I've missed you as well. Thank you for you know, just finding the time of your busy schedule. I know we've been kind of back and forth talking about this and finally we were here. So yeah. And like rescheduled and then rescheduled again and then overheating laptops and (laughs) but we're here and oh my gosh. Yeah, it is. It's a crazy life. You have a crazy life too. It's it wouldn't be right if it weren't crazy, I think. So I know you have so many things. Like I don't, you're my inspiration because you juggle. Like I mean, BJJ Wiki, Off the Mats podcast. What else? Colompton. Do you still? Yep, yep. We do Colompton. And then, uh, and then uh, the horror, the horror one that you're talking about. I won't follow you on the horror thing. It's like the one of the few accounts that I won't follow you on because I hate horror movies or anything scary. I just like, I'm not yeah. about it <laughs> at all. Yeah, and that's the account to avoid because yeah. I double down on all the horror stuff. Ugh. It's like over there, I'm just like, okay, cool. So let's put this up and, and Halloween's coming up. So all types of cosmetic, yeah. like Halloween, like face work, like face paint stuff, because that's, I, I'm not going to do it this year for Halloween because I don't want to freak my daughter out. Mm. But in a couple of years, when I think she's able to at least kind of understand, hey, this is just makeup. So. Yeah, they get scared. They don't. They don't understand. Um, I know my little one for a long time. Every Halloween, like, would just get terrified of the even the inflatables and stuff and the music and whenever. But I, I, yeah, I'm like an action movie person. And I can I like some comedy, um, yeah, but mostly action. I just love it. Anything that's exciting, that has martial arts, like that is my jam right there. <laughs> if I even sit to watch a movie, I don't know. I just true. It's really hard. Movies, it, it, I, I feel like movies are, you know, growing up for me, like movies, you know, you go to the theater, you watch movies or you have your Friday nights, you know, with your friends, you go rent a movie, you know, go to Blockbuster and, you know, you come back and, but nowadays it, it's, it just feels so different. I, I feel like with Netflix and Hulu and all the streaming services, there's just so much access to so many different things. It's almost like watching a movie doesn't feel as special as it used to be it used to be like a special thing now it's just like eh, yeah like i'll talk to people it's like yeah i watched like seven movies like in the last two days like do you work like the fuck do you do like why are you watching so many yeah. movies like relax yeah. it's not a competition yeah it's a i don't know i think it's an escape for some people you know i know that i've used it before too where i've i don't know they're exciting too so it's hard not to yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I like I like don't get me wrong, I have movies on in the background often, more so for just background noise, but 
I don't know that I actually watch. Like, I know Friday night for sure is like movie night for me. And Tuesday night tends to be movie night for me. Those are two nights I know I just have nothing scheduled, nothing to do. I sit down, catch up on, you know, something. Or I'll watch something that's just oh that I don't have to focus on. But hey, whatever. That that's 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 what I do. That's how we do it. But um, but how have you been? What's been going on with you? Oh my gosh. So much. I don't know. Um, you know, just I think for so long I was just really, really blessed to be able to be a mom and um, that's kind of what I did. I was a mom and I did jujitsu. It trained. <laughs> and um, man, sometimes I train twice a day and then lift. And especially like when I was trying to compete and it, it was just, I don't know, it was such a special time, but you know, I got to a place where I wanted to have a career. My kids got a little bit older and um it was just that time i fell in love with real estate and it's been going really good um it was it's just been so much fun and uh despite the market being like really a shit show right now it's still a lot of fun i still couldn't imagine doing anything else it's just like every day is an adventure and every client is just really interesting every house is so unique it's just I don't know. It's so fun. It's all over the place, which I love. Um, I love that too with jujitsu. I mean, like, I think I'm kind of known for that. I am literally everywhere. I train everywhere from Phoenix to here to Nashville to like, you know, anywhere I can go, you know, and visit and explore. It's just like, that's that freedom and excitement of something new is what just turns me on in life, you know? And so I, that's what real estate is. Every single deal is new and exciting. Every house is somewhere different. Um, it's just so much fun. Um, but the kids, you know, they're getting older too, and, and they're very active. So keeping up with their schedules and my schedule and real estate, you know, my clients and, and uh, making sure everyone is taken care of, it, I am so embarrassed to say that I probably only train on some weeks, one day a week. Um, there's weeks where I can't even squeeze in work, you know, like in the gym or anything, not lifting, not jujitsu, nothing. Um, cause I'm, I've just been so busy and um, it's really, really hard, but yeah, it's um, all over the place. This weekend was so much fun. Um, we have so many events going on. We have a lot of stuff in Tucson now. I mean, it's we had nothing through COVID. And then we've been, Phoenix got all of their competitions and events back. And, and we finally, over the last year, have been having some down here in Tucson. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, I went to one Saturday, last warrior standing. It was amazing. And then uh, I helped sponsor one on uh, Sunday, last night. So, yeah, everything, everywhere, every day, every moment. I, It's fun. You know, I would feel weird if I say, hey, Christina, what have you been up to? And you'd be like, no, nothing. It just doesn't, you know. <laughs> You're always so busy. So 
He's like, I'm not shocked. Uh, with with um, real estate and getting into that that realm, like, how long have you been doing that now? So a little bit over a year now, um, a year and a couple months, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it's a really, I feel so bad because for a long time I was telling everybody, oh my gosh, get into real estate. It's so good. It's so fun. And the market really just, just took a big hit. So there's a couple people who are just now about to get licensed and I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, it's going to be a really hard time to be a real estate agent for the next year. So that's interesting too, is just the planning. Um, it's where the relationships kind of come in and I've built some really great ones The really fun networking and interesting marketing. That's where all of it's really going to shine. And um, yeah, it's where you get to get creative again. And uh, I'm so passionate about that part of it. So it's exciting. It's scary and exciting. And that's, again, something else I love in life. That's jujitsu for me too. It's like when it's scary, but exhilarating, you know, and then I fall in love with that, that feeling. So was, I, I know I reference like <laughs> anything in life. I can either relate to jujitsu or I can relate it to real estate or I relate the two together. So what led you into that area? Like what, what made you want to look into real estate? <sighs> You know, through COVID, I just had, I did a lot of soul searching when everything shut down and all of our freedom was taken away. And I really was like, am I really living? Am I really living life the way I want to be living it? Am I really happy? And um, I realized I wasn't. I was, I'm a licensed cosmetologist and I was doing hair, but I really, I don't know if I ever really was in love with it. I like it. And uh, I just, to tell you the truth, this is kind of embarrassing, but I really wasn't that good at it either. <laughs> I have the personality and it was fun, but my technical skills were just not that great. And, uh, you know, when I also, you know, I decided to, that I wasn't also happy in the relationship that I was in, you know, in my marriage and that that needed to change too. And uh, my dad is a high-end real estate photographer in Palm Springs. And I thought initially about going into photography. I really do like that. Um, but it would just take too long to learn. The equipment was really expensive. And at the end of the day, I would rather work with clients than realtors, to tell you the truth. Um, clients are amazing. Realtors? <laughs> Man, we there are some amazing realtors. I love them so much. But some of us can be a little bit um, demanding, you know. So I really, I love my clients. They're great. Well, good, good. When we bought our house, my uh, uh, realtor, very nice lady, but the, from time to time, I always felt like there's a little bit of a snip here and there. Just like I'd say something because, I, you know, th this was my first time buying a house. So I just didn't know anything. I'm like, I'm genuinely asking like genuine questions. And sometimes when I ask questions, they come off kind of like I'm being a dick, but I'm not. I, I just don't know how to ask questions and I'm very awkward about it. And she was always just, she was sweet about it. She would answer, but you could kind of get this feel that like 
she's like thinking like is this guy serious you know it's it that you should be able to ask us any question that you want and we it's it's not personal you know what i mean and yeah. it's scary it's overwhelming there are so many moving parts in one transaction that um you know and actually first time buyers really really scared me um at first because i wasn't really great at explaining the process and um you know it takes you a little bit of time to even understand it as a realtor yourself there's there's just so much to learn and then having to explain it and teach it is also really hard um so yes i i just didn't know how to explain the process well enough but I found that I love them so much. The last transaction that I did, it was for my daughter's fourth grade teacher and they were the sweetest couple. And I mean, they a thousand times a day, sometimes <laughs> they had questions and she would always apologize. And I'm like, don't ever apologize. Um, and my mentor told me always explain it like as if they're a small child. And it made so much sense to me because, and not in a derogatory kind of way or condescending way or anything like that, but just very simple. Realtors tend to use these, like the realtor jargon, you know what I mean? And it's just not easy to comprehend. So break it down into small steps like a child um, and kind, like 100% patient and kind. And uh, yeah. Don't give them too much information, but I I love the questions. Um, and sometimes, you know, they would come in at like 11 o'clock at night. And again, I had people say, you need to set boundaries with your clients. And I'm like, but you know what? I saw the message. Like it would be more painful for me to not respond until the morning than if I can answer one question that will help them sleep tonight because they are scared, they're excited, they are confused, they are worried, you know what I mean? They have an abundance of emotions just coursing through their veins. And if it takes me like 30 seconds just to say, it's going to be okay, or let me, you know what, I will check on it in the morning. I don't have the answer for you tonight, but I promise I'll get it. And your, your fears are totally normal and everything's going to be okay. You know, and um, like for me, it's worth it. You know, uh, you know, my ringer's off at a certain time, but if I see it, then I will absolutely answer. I usually check it right before I go underneath the sheets um, and the first thing when I wake up. So that communication is what makes a good agent. You can have all the technical skill in the world. I mean, we have access to that. We don't know all the questions. We have to find them. We. We can research, we can get the answers, but that communication is, it's something that you, you know, will make a, a, I don't know, a great technical agent, just a really shitty person to be in a transaction with because they don't, I don't know, they don't have the patience. So and there was kind of a blend with my realtor where I felt like she was trying to have the patience it was a challenge, but she did explain everything in a very simplistic way for me to understand. So I did appreciate that about it because, again, it was my first time buying a home. I I always joke with people about when we bought the house because I always say we force gumped our ways into this because there was like everything that could go against me in buying this home was against me. And, and, and it 
somehow fell into place. And with her explaining those things in very simple, like, you know, Dante friendly yeah, terms. Like a child. That's why I need my yeah, jujitsu yeah. explained. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like yes, I yeah. have had really technical uh, professors that they throw so much at you and then they're like drill this and then they show you the move and then they keep going with all this other stuff and then they're like okay go and i'm like what the fuck are we supposed to drill again like what was even <laughs> the first thing <laughs> that they showed and exactly like are we drilling all of this or is this you know what i mean and for maybe somebody who is at a higher technical level that's great but i am the student every single time where they're like does anyone have any questions and i'm like <laughs> me here i have like five and i need to see it three more times um but yeah so that i, I know it made sense i want to coach like that too i've had a coach also that coached um and just very simple you know just kept the the instructions very very clean very simple right leg there left leg here break the grip That's that's you know. exactly how I look at it. It's like it, it's simple as possible and it's clear as possible, especially when you're talking about grips and, and transitions, because I've had coaches that'll go through a move and you know, just kind of like, okay, and go. It's like, wait a minute, I don't understand how you got from here to there. Did you teleport? Like, I'm confused. So yeah, I'm the one that's always asking again, can I see that one more time? And it's like anybody else needs to get yeah i do that I, I need it just one more time like you're gonna hate me but i need it again so i wish i picked it up i wish i could just see it one time and then do it and, and that's maybe if i went to jujitsu more then that would happen but <laughs> i'm sure that a lot of that has to do with training because you know what when i was going you know sometimes twice a day i think at one point i was taking like honestly eight classes a week and then i was also doing like two open mats my jujitsu came so far in just like one month even of doing that two months and i was i was picking it up i would see it and i could do it um, i had less questions that i needed to ask because i could kind of figure it out um so it absolutely has a lot to do with what i'm putting into it sure. definitely I have to own that one a little bit hold myself accountable well, I mean, and that's the thing, like recognizing that though, too, is a very key point because you have people that are like, well, I'm not learning because, you know, yeah, these, these situations are just coaches and saying it right. And it's like, oh, right. we have to own up too. It's very true. I mean, because it, yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, it's, it's not your professor. It's not the sport. It's not that you just are never going to be good at jujitsu. It's like, if you are going every single day or even five days a week, and then you still have that complaint, I, it might be valid, but I doubt you're going to have that complaint, you know, if, that you're not learning fast enough. It's too confusing, especially once you hit like blue belt and you're going, yeah five days a week, it's going to make sense. It's like speaking a foreign language, you know what I mean? You start becoming fluid the more you use it. I think once you hit blue belt, it, you do kind of hit this window where I like always say blue belt, you're still, you know, you're still learning. 
you know, well, you're always learning, but at Blue Belt, you'll have some people that think, oh, you're a Blue Belt, you know, you know a lot or, you know, you know everything about this. Like, no, dude, mm -hmm. like, I just understand, like, I have a better understanding than I did from White Belts. You know, I, I can at least comprehend some of this a little bit clearer, but, you know, we're still learning. So, yeah. you know, there's times where I partner with a White Belt during class and, he, like, they pick it up faster than I do. And they're showing me. So it really, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it does happen. I mean, all then, pick different yeah. things up better than others. Yeah. As much as I joke on BJJ Wiki and put up memes about, you know, you know, disrespecting white belts. I mean, there are a lot of white belts that are great that pick it up quick and that are very helpful to, you know, their teammates on the mat and just with life experience, world experience that might translate well to the mat. So, you know, all jokes aside, you know, we're all here to learn and we can learn from each other. So we got that. True. <laughs> so with your busy schedule with, you know, real estate and jujitsu and just, you know, your daughter's um, busy schedule as well. Like what's the balance like in, you know, in terms of, I know you say, you know, in some weeks you only get the train maybe once a week. Like, how are you feeling in terms of, do you feel overwhelmed at times or do you, you know, kind of just go with the flow with it? So I used to, I mean, there are definitely times that I feel overwhelmed, but I just have to get used to the sacrifice, you know, because there are things that are really important right now. Uh, my family is definitely one of them. And honestly, sometimes I have to put them aside because I have something else that I need to do. And, and I was, you know, they understand too. So they are so amazing. Um, you know, because sometimes I really need to get to a class, you know, I really need to get to jujitsu too. And they're like, Bates will tell me and mom, you know, go ahead and go. It's just like, say a scrimmage or something that's not that serious. And I, for the, I think we just get this guilty feeling when we're not at like every single game. And, and, you know, people might argue with me about this one, but I get to what I can. I was at every single thing, every single time for like so many years. Um, and I think we have it in our heads that we're just such a, a letdown or a disappointment or we should feel guilty or God forbid we don't get to every single game. It means we don't love our kids or whatever. Like that's such bullshit, you know, because Absolutely. And I love my kids so hard. And the coolest thing is when they're like, you know what, mom, we are so proud of you. Like you're kicking ass. Like, you know, in real estate or in uh, jujitsu or whatever, like we love watching you succeed. And at that moment, that's when you realize that you just became a fucking role model. And that is so much more powerful. They're going to remember that more than that one game that you, you miss because you had to, you know, put food on the table or because you really had to push it and train for a competition. Like, they're such amazing kids and I don't know, you know, it's, it's really powerful. So where are you training at now? So I'm training at this gym called Palaton BJJ. It's on the Northwest side of Tucson, which is where I live. 
I love the Northwest. Um, but yeah, it's great. They're soul fighters and they are, um, it's really cool. They have Krav Maga, they have Judo, um, they have karate, even for the, the kids and stuff and kids boxing, but it's mostly jujitsu. So I really want to try Krav Maga. Have you ever tried it? I have not. Oh my gosh. There's, there's quite a few. Well, I don't know. I've seen quite a few locations near me, the signs at least. I don't know what COVID haven't done a number on a lot of places out here. The jiu-jitsu places are still standing and rolling. There's like a lot of Krav Maga spots. I don't see a lot of activity there, so I don't know if they're all up. I know one is still functioning, but I've always been interested, but I've not tried it myself. Yeah, I really want to try it. Um, I love judo, so um that's like one of my favorites but yeah the head professor is sal and um he's he's great he's like has one of the most beautiful styles to watch he just he's very tall and lanky um but he just flows so beautifully so he's great and then one of my best friends his um it's professor roberto cerna and he's the one actually who really got me into real estate. Like I had the idea was there. Um, and then he started going to school for it. And, um, I, he po posted something on Instagram about Hogan, which I would highly recommend if anyone is going to, to school here in Tucson to go to Hogan. It's like the best school, Hogan school of real estate. And, um, I just feel like the exam prep is really good. But anyways, he, uh, he was like, you should do it. It's like, the market's really good. It's a lot of fun. Um, like you'd be great at it. And so I did because of him, I signed up for Hogan and that's where it all started. And he's been like, man, there are so many times that I just have wanted to give up on things. And he's been like, don't give up don't get discouraged. And, you know, because I honestly used to get in so much trouble. Um, you know, like I'm really open about my sobriety and I've been sober for about three and a half years. But when I drank, I, that's all I did was get into trouble. And just from a young age, you know, so I had a lot of stuff that I had to work through, like, you know, the wreckage of my past, we call it, where I had to go back and I had, you know, all of it came up when I was applying for my license and it was emotional. It was so painful at times to have to look at it. And then I would just get in my head and say, Oh, they'll never let me be an agent because of all this stuff I used to do and, and all the trouble that I used to get into. And he's like, don't give up on it. Keep going, like keep pushing through it, like just get it done. And, um, so I would, I would just keep going and, um, and sure enough, like as long as I just didn't stop trying, I mean, it was like submitting a lot of paperwork and explanations and even tracking down court documents from California from like 25 years ago when they didn't even have internet in the middle of COVID when nothing was open, but like miracles seriously happened for me to be able to get licensed because I had to have all that documentation and I would just find really nice people that were really willing to just go above and beyond to help me through this journey. And so, man, I, I'm 
I just, there's not a day that goes by that, that I don't feel lucky. And, and, um, so, you know, the funny thing too, is that I used to be the person that would run away from people who would, you know, those like tough love people or the hard truth people or brutally honest people. And I find that I like, am addicted to those people now. I love them so much. And he, man, he was someone who was just so hard on me, but in like the most loving way, I can't even explain it, but, um, he would upset me sometimes. Um, and then I, but at the end of the day, he was, he was right. You know, this was like years ago too. Um, I've grown so much. So it's funny just saying that now, but now I just, you know, he is the one person that I would go to, or there, there's a couple people, um, where if I really need to hear the answer that I probably don't want to hear that they're, you know, I know that they're there. Uh, my mentor in real estate is one. And then my sponsor is another and, um, my best friend also, but yeah, it's just, it's funny but I'm, I'm just, I crave that type of relationship and, um, you know, the, just the no bullshit and like my mentor actually in real estate, he has helped me grow so much too, just in setting boundaries with people in business. It was really hard for me. Um, I always would want to like save a deal, you know, somebody got flirty with me or, um, you know, and, and it sucks. It's unfortunate because as a woman, you'll get that a lot. Somebody pretending they want to buy a house, but really they just want to date you or they just want to get close to you. And, and it sucks. So you have to be really careful and you have to really vet your clients. Um, if you don't know them, I prefer to work with people that I know, but my, I don't like scripts at all. Like I don't like to use them or do them. I feel like they're, they feel so artificial. Um, but the ones it's like, like almost a script that I do use from my mentor. Um, Ken, his name is Ken Shireman. He's become like a dad to me and helped me grow so much. Um, is he says, you're crossing a professional boundary. And it's not acceptable. I would love to have a professional relationship with you. But if you feel like you can't do that, then I can't continue working with you. I'm really sorry. Um, and yeah, it, it's just like I would sweat before when I would say that. And like, I, I don't know. It was just so uncomfortable for me. Um, because what I had done is say like I would try and just keep the peace and and um pass the deal off to somebody else maybe. And he told me, uh, that's not acceptable. You're not doing that anymore. And I was like, what, what do you mean? Here I am. I'm thinking I'm doing the right thing. And, uh, he's like, but you're not growing because you're doing that. Like you're just letting somebody get away with this bad behavior. And so a, you're not growing as a woman and B you're going to let him go off and do that to somebody else. Like that shit needs to stop. And that hit me so hard that they would go off and do that to somebody else. Like, that's where it got me as I'm like, wow, <laughs> it's so true. You know what I mean? So if nothing else, sometimes people don't see what an asshole they're being. And, um, you know, just 
taking the time to explain that to somebody can, will help them grow too and probably help protect somebody else. So that has been like my mission in life in the last, I don't know, probably year is just really um, setting boundaries, professional, personal. I've gotten so good at them and I just, but I do them with love too, love for myself um, love for anybody else that it would protect. And also sometimes love for that person, because even though the behavior is bad, sometimes they maybe don't realize it. And like, I want to help, I want to see them succeed and grow too. I'm not, I don't know. I never wish anything bad on anybody. Well, no, that's good though. You know, some people would, you know, can be malicious about it, you know, just like very, you know, just nasty about it. It's like, and like you you want to see them grow maybe they don't know yeah. and you know you're trying to help them see that you know and some people just assume oh they know they're being an asshole so they can go be an asshole somewhere else and it's like eh. right and this i mean this happens in jujitsu a lot too yeah. and you know like i talk a lot about how i was a spazzy white belt and honestly so many people i just didn't know okay i i did not know and actually uh my friend Roberto, he was one, I jumped on him when he was inverted and I didn't know. It's common sense. You would think that you would know not to jump on somebody when they're inverted because it's going to hurt their neck. But that common sense thing was just broken in me. And it still is. I mean, I, I, it's taken me a long time and I see so much more, but it took me a really long time. The common sense is not that common. It still has to be taught sometimes too, um, to certain people <laughs> and, but you're not doing, I mean, how many people did he probably save by saying something instead of just getting pissed off and like not rolling with me ever again. So by him being like, dude, you're being an asshole. Like don't ever jump on anybody that's inverted again. Like that's so dangerous. And yeah. So how many people's necks did he say from <laughs> saying that? You know what I mean? And of course I was like hurt. Now I, I don't mind. I don't get hurt, but this was a couple years ago and I was a white belt and, um, but I didn't know. So I would rather somebody stop. And, and that's what I do now. If somebody's doing something dangerous on the mat, um, you know, sometimes new people will like kick, you know, kick at the knees or they don't know what they're doing. They, they, they're just like in defense mode, fight or flight. You know what I mean? They, you'll, you'll get that a lot from people with PTSD is they, they will like be reactive like that in the beginning. And so I'll just say, okay, you got to stop. There is no kicking in jujitsu. You know, you have to be very, very careful when you're hitting or like, uh, hitting the elbows or something, you know, they do weird oh, yeah. stuff that makes sense. I mean, it really, really does make sense. I see where they're thinking, you know, but I'll say, okay, just stop. That can really, really hurt somebody like on the mat when you're just training and rolling, just be very careful because they'll start punching at your kneecaps, you know, and it's like, but you know what, if I just let them do it, they're going to keep doing it to other people. And I just do it with love love for them, love for me, love for them, my love for my team. So I don't know. I think just speaking up can really just help everybody grow and enhance the relationships 
and the training environment and reduce injury. I, I need somebody to, to tell me exactly what I'm doing wrong too. Sure. You know? And so that's what I try and do for other people. And if we have somebody that's kind of like a problem or whatever, I'm like, send me in. I'll, I'll talk to them, you know, because I know how that feels also to be alienated, you know, to have people not want to, I don't know, get frustrated with me or, you know, sometimes they'll hurt you even to just like, because they think they're teaching you a lesson. So they'll, they'll do something that hurts and it makes sense, like a punishment, but you have to say like, what exactly it was for? Like, what exactly did I do? You know, please tell me. Cause I know that I need to know that exact thing. That's that, that I shouldn't do again. Yeah. It's, you know, the same principle with children, you know, exactly. You, you can speak them, but if you don't get detailed yeah. on, you know, or timeout or whatever, but I mean, like it really helps if you talk to them and yeah. say, this is, why you're in trouble please don't do it again and sometimes you have to see it a thousand times because they're kids and they keep doing it out of reflex yeah i mean i have a six-year-old and trust me that that i repeat myself constantly she runs through the house and i was like and our house isn't run friendly so but that's no different than you know again training you know jujitsu with you know, new white belts coming in or in real estate. You know, if you got a client that's just not understanding. So I hear you. Are you competing or are you going to be competing anytime soon? I don't think so. I am definitely getting like the urge. I signed up for Copa Bella and I was really excited about it because I actually had two other women in my bracket and then I just started training a lot, you know, back to six, seven days a week. And my knee just swelled up so bad that it was not, so it just let me know it wasn't ready. So, oh man, especially coming, oh, I love, comp I love attending competitions as a spectator so much, but every single time I leave, I'm just like, I start scrolling, like, when's the next competition? I want to, like, sign up. I want to do it. Um, but I'm just not able to give it my all right now. And I get asked that question a lot. I miss it. Like, I really thought that I was going to be, I don't know. I had a lot of expectations for this year. I thought that I was going to heal faster. I thought that I was going to be able to train more. I thought that I would have probably done, like, 10 competitions by now this year and um it just, just delayed healing response on my knee i'll probably you know one day have to have surgery on it again um the market was just so insanely busy that it didn't allow me the time and that was okay too you kind of have to ride that wave while it's high and uh enjoy it you know so i don't know we'll see what happens so with you still kind of training as you are with your busy schedule right now and just now having the experience that you have as a blue belt um, between real estate real estate and jiu-jitsu um what are some of the things you took from jiu-jitsu that helped you 
in real estate? I would definitely say the, um, and getting comfortable being uncomfortable. It's just so uncomfortable in the beginning. It's so hard. And just being completely out of your element and just knowing that you have to keep studying and learning and experiencing and, you know, also just how long it takes, you know what I mean? It, it really does take a long time to not only learn, but to build your business. And also that the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. Actually, jujitsu people make great agents um, because they are very resilient. They work very hard. They know what it takes to succeed. They usually don't need all the accountability stuff, you know, accountability groups and meetings because we're really good, you know, especially if you've ever competed, you know what that's like, you know, you know, that you have to put a lot into it. You have to make sacrifices. You have to hustle. And, um, yeah, so, uh, and also the strategy, you know, it's really interesting. Everyone has their own different strategy style in jujitsu. Like sometimes people are just very straightforward with their game. Some of them are really sneaky. Um, I don't know. So it's kind of the same thing with uh, real estate is that we all have our own strategy styles. And mine is just, I'm so nice. Like <laughs> everyone talks about, you know, fighting and going into a transaction, like super, I don't know, pumped up and I'm going to get you everything you want. I'm going to, you know, we can do that. We can get them everything that they want with being kind and being so like just lovable and fun to do transactions with. And then they want to do stuff. They want to give, you know what I mean? You don't want to give to the other side if you don't like them. I mean, it just makes it that much harder. I've seen transactions fall apart just because of two people butting heads. And sometimes it's the agents, you know, and it's just crazy to me. So I, I'm like that on the mat too. I'm so fun and playful and, um, you know, sometimes that's part of your strategy too, is, <laughs> you know, then they don't, you know, maybe they don't take you seriously. They underestimate you, you know, and gosh, niceness is like sometimes the best strategy on the face of this earth, but it really is, you know, you have to be knowledgeable. You have to do the research. You have to study, you have to train, um, you have to practice. And so those two things, I don't know. They just, I am definitely, yeah, but I don't know. It's so fun. The strategy is the best. Yeah. I could see the, the connection there. Just definitely the, you know, I know a couple other grapplers that are real estate agents out in this area. Um, and, you see, you know, they're successful, you know, in work and then you see them on the mat, you know, working just as hard and just it always looks like, oh, this is kind of a interconnected thing that you have between the two. So I get you. And that's kind of what I want to be known for. You know, it's obviously like what I'm kind of known for on the mat is just like how much fun I am. 
And I want to be known for that in real estate too. Not only, you know, I want to be really, really great. And, you know, I'm such a protective person. I love protecting my clients, but I also want them to have as little stress as possible and just leave the transaction being like, oh my God, that was so fun. I want to do it again, <laughs> you know? And because I, and, and then on the other side too, like I want agents and, you know, title officers and lenders to just know that I'm really, really fun to work with. I'm easy to work with. I'm on top of my shit. And, you know, that it's going to be a great transaction when you go into it. So I don't know. It's it's definitely my style and my style in life, even my style in parenting. Um, it's just I get along so well with my kids and I just definitely parent with so much love, but I have no problem laying down the law if I need to. But when somebody loves you so much and they feel really respected, they just want to be good. They want to do the best they possibly can for you. Yeah. So I've, I've found that in life, you know, people can rule with love or they can rule with fear. And even some of the best teachers, they barely raise their voices. You know, they ha can have the same students as another teacher, same exact class, but they teach a different way and they don't have to get upset. They don't have to yell. They don't have to send kids to the office, but that teacher is so loved that the kids just want to be good for her. They want to do everything for her. Um, and so I, I think that I took that lesson in life and watching um, one of my daughter's teachers actually. And I was just like, wow, I want to be just like her. I want to be just like that. And yeah, so I kind of am. I love that. Like, I don't like, I'm not a yeller. I just, I don't yell very much and I don't need I don't to. I always get that sense whenever I, you know, converse with you, even though, you know, I would say all our conversations have been very, you know, we've, you know, joked and laughed and, you know, had a good time <laughs> often and everything, but there have been some, some areas where I felt like there might've been a point where you're giving me, you know, a stern talking, not like in like, like you're disciplining me, but you know, like kind of letting me know, like, Dante, you have to like, you, know, I love it. you have to stand up for yourself or you have a to do this. So I definitely see that with you and, and I feel like I've experienced it. So, and that's really cool. That's so cool. So another thing with parenting or just with any relationships and business or on the mat or whatever is, um, praise. Like I am so generous with my praise and my kind words and in, of encouragement or feedback. You know, I try and be really positive because you can absolutely destroy somebody on the mat, but as long as you're nice afterwards, you know, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? You just do it with love, not necessarily to hurt them, but you can just dominate them the whole match and win, 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 you know, like submit, 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 submit. But still, if you just do it in a nice way, <laughs> you know what I mean? With like, tell them they did a great job afterwards, then it makes it all better, you know? But the thing with, I don't know, any kind of relationship too, is I learned this once. It's like the sandwich technique. Um, a, you always praise in public and then, um, 
you know, lecture or critique or whatever in private. And then when you do the lecture critique, then you sandwich it with something positive and then the critique and then something positive afterwards. Like, and um, it, it like has the maximum amount of impact with the kindest words and um, it's just like the most effective strategy in getting your point across or teaching a lesson or anything like that. So when I used to teach for uh, conferences, we use that technique all the time. You know, we always start off with, you know, praising the student. If there are any concerns that we had, you know, that, that, you know, or negative, you know, I guess concerns in general, we give that second, but we always end the conference on a high note with something else positive yeah. that the student is doing. And I, I'd still carry that to this day in, in my life. I don't teach anymore, but that's something I still operate with, whether it be you know, communicating with my daughter, you know, communicating with my wife, um, communicating with my co-host for Colompton, you know, ultimately that's still a strategy I employ to this day because, you know, you don't want to ever send anybody off feeling bad about themselves like and people who like who do that i don't know man like i worked with a guy who, who was a friend and he was our supervisor and i remember um i got there late and we sat there waiting for another co-worker who was also late and oh no i i had to call out the night before that's what it was and the co-worker coming in was late um, the next night and he and I sat there in silence for 20 minutes waiting for the other coworker. And then when the other coworker gets there, he decided now's the time to scold me for calling out the night before. I was like, yo, we were just sitting here for 20 minutes. You couldn't have talked to me man to man one-on-one. He said, you have to do this in front of someone else to try to make an example of me. Yeah. So, and, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I made it very clear once we like, our positions were terminated um, about three months later, we were all laid off um, and we, you know, were kind of looking for other work. And um, there was an opportunity for me to work with him again. And I made it very clear. I didn't want to work under under him. And we were still friends. We're still friends to this day. But I just explained to him, I was like, I don't think it's a good idea for us to work together. Just I. I don't particularly appreciate your style and you know such is life but we're still good friends to this day but you, just because you you know can't work together don't mean you can't be friends so yeah but i just didn't like the way that you know he kind of handled things where it's like there was always like negativity at the end of you know any meeting or conversations like dude i like to, i like to have people walk off with like some sort of like smile hopefully or at least feeling like you know what you know that wasn't all that bad you know and there's some positive to be taken from this versus walking away thinking man that guy's a dick so i don't know just gotta be nice to each other christina that's mm -hmm. all so how long have, have you been training i have been training probably 
Man, and, and this is always funny because I, I think I've only put together about three years over the course of like 13 years because I, you know, started and then I, you know, I started kickboxing, first of all, and boxing, and then I went to jujitsu. And then, um, you know, I only did it for about three months and then I left to have a baby. So, you know, fell in love, had a baby, and then it took me like maybe seven or eight years to come back to it. Um, seven years. And so, yeah, but uh, so because I've stopped and started so many times, I feel like <laughs> um, and it's been about three consecutive years now that I've been training. Yeah. Plus, I guess six months off for ACL surgery, maybe two or three years, probably almost three years of striking, boxing, kickboxing. I've done some judo and some wrestling and uh, jujitsu for about three years, I guess, total. So, and I did Taekwondo for like three months when I was 15. It was a lot of fun. I actually really liked it. I think the kicks are beautiful. Um, I really wish I would have stuck with that more because I think it's, it's just such, so beautiful to watch, especially for the kicks. But yeah, I know. I just, you know, that's the thing is like, just don't ever give up. Uh, sometimes it, it takes people 20 years to get their black belt. Sometimes it takes them seven. And, um, you know, even if it takes me a lifetime, I don't ever want to give up on it. All right. And um, how old are you? So I am 43. And in just like a month or so, I'm going to be 44. So November 28th. And I like, Oh my gosh, it took me a long time to grow up. So I don't think I grew started growing up until I hit 40. And um I love it. I love everything about it. I love the fact that I'm still really, really physically fit. Um, like so physically, I really don't feel even my kids are like, Mom, it's so weird that you're in your 40s. Like I always think of you being so young. And uh I don't know. So yeah, I don't know. I love it. I love getting older. I love maturing, which is crazy. I think I'll always be a kid at heart, but I still feel so good. And honestly, 40 year old me could kick 20 year old me's ass. Like I am so much tougher and wiser and stronger and more flexible and more agile and more educated. I don't know. Everything about it is good. So yeah, I just love it so much. That that has been a question I've asked people in the past. It's like, do you think you now could beat you at 21? Oh and... man, I would fuck myself up at 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I would. It's crazy. I thought I was tough back then too. We all did. We, we were all like, you know, I'm the baddest motherfucker on this planet. Can't nobody see me. And then you meet your Actually, 40 was, plus year so old self. That's so funny. Yeah. And hmm. for anyone starting jujitsu over the age of 40 or after 40, what's some advice or tips you would give them in turning jujitsu or martial arts for that matter? Man, I would say just start. Honestly, um, 
again, I wouldn't give you any different advice than if you were starting in your 20s. Um, but it truly is like, just commit, just take your first class, sign up. So you're not putting it off like another 10 years and all of a sudden you're 50 or 60. And then that time went by because that is one of the biggest things I feel like that we do in life. We wait too long and then we make these excuses that we're too old or to this or to that. And, um, you know, we pass up that opportunity. So the one thing I will say definitely for anyone, um, is definitely stretch. <laughs> like stretching will prevent so many injuries. It's not even crazy stretch, you know, do a good warm up before stretch after, um, if you can, and even make a whole other day of it at home, just really trying to work on your flexibility because it will benefit your jujitsu, not, not just preventing injury, but it will make your jujitsu so much better. It's that flexibility, resisting submissions or, you know, being able to navigate in smaller, tighter areas. There's, it, it's just so good. And then, um, you know, learning how to tap tap early, tap often, take care of your partner, as I had a professor say. Um, but the more you take care of your partners, the more they will take care of you. And we all need each other to train. So I think that that's like the number one thing we need to do just in life is just take care of people. Um, respect your opponent, respect your body, listen to your body. And again, yeah, tap early. <laughs> if you I don't know. I, I, I say that, but I don't do it. So I'm really bad. Um, yeah, I need to take my own advice on some of those things, but yeah, just do as I say, not as I do. Mm -hmm. I know <laughs> we, we get it. Like look, we're, we're oh in the same generation. Yeah. Like that's how we function. Mm -hmm. Um, and on the mats as a female, have you ever, have you had any creepy experiences on the mats? Um, as a woman and as an attractive woman, if I had had a lot of problems with men on the mat or, you know, creepy situations, or if I ever felt uncomfortable or anything like that. And I only have one time and it was like 13 years ago when I first started and, um, this guy was just really, um, just staring at me kind of the whole class. And there's really this stare that predatory men have. And this is a good lesson. I think for anyone, any woman, if you ever feel somebody staring at you, like locking eyes with you. It's, it is a very predatory stare. Like they can't break it away. Um, it will feel, you'll just feel it. It'll feel intimidating. It will feel, um, intrusive. And so he asked me to partner with him. I was kind of trying to avoid him. And, uh, even inside me, I wanted to say no, but I was too nice. So I said, yes. And so we started partnering. We were doing some kind of drill. He was in my guard and uh, like a sit-up type of drill, uh, more so exercise, I guess, like core workout, par uh, core partner workout, I guess. And um, yeah, he just kept staring me in the eyes and it was just very, very, very weird. <laughs> if anyone stares you in the eyes in jujitsu, uh, I don't know. When you're standing, it's one thing. When you're on the ground, it's <laughs> a 
completely different thing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's weird. And um, vibes. <laughs> yeah, if you're like trying to intimidate somebody in the very beginning of a match, and you guys are standing and like butting heads and locking eyes like raging bulls, that's one thing. But if you're on the ground on your back and some guy's staring you in the eyes, uh, dripping sweat in your face, like that's not acceptable. And that's kind of what happened is he was looking over me and his, I was just like, so unhappy about this situation, but I didn't really know what to do. I didn't know what to say. And in hindsight, if I could tell myself back then, I would have just like said, you need to say something, just get up and, you know, just say I need a new partner. But I just, I, I didn't know. I had that like freeze moment. And then uh, he like two beads of sweat like one dropped in my eye and one dropped in my mouth and I just went and my the professor saw um I think what happened and he was like you up you guys switch partners and so it was just very intuitive like your team um your professor and I like they're going to be really protective over you um especially as a woman so it I think it, I don't think it happens, um, as much as people think. Um, but know that if it does speak up and you are safe, like there, the coolest thing is that the way his name is Josh, but the way that it happened is, uh, you know, he just switches partners so fast, didn't make a big scene. And, um, because that would have been even more embarrassing, I think for me too. Um, it was just very quiet about it. Very protective though. And like, I felt fine and like, okay, after that. And then he never came back. Like, so, um, but if you ever feel uncomfortable, then definitely speak up. And there are lots of people there that want to protect you, keep you safe. And we want you to come back. And, um, number two, like if there are, any problems with PTSD. Like I've worked with people um, who weren't comfortable being in a class and like, I would never even charge for this. Like, I really want people to try jujitsu so bad. I will tell people like, if they're like, I want to try jujitsu. I'm like, I will go take your first class with you. I'll help you find a gym. I'll go take your first class with you. You know, if you're nervous, I will be your partner. Um, because I really just want people to be able to do it without that fear. It takes a lot uh, to try a class. It took me a long time. So I understand it. Um, It's people so often will say that they want to try it and then they never show up. And I understand that. Like I'm disappointed, but I'm not angry. Like I completely get it. Um, But I'm seriously here for anyone. Yeah. Anyone who wants to train, I will work with you. But I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. I mean, that's something I think that's a service I think could be very helpful is having someone, you know, accompany you to, you know, your first jujitsu class because jujitsu is hard and it's intimidating. So definitely. Like you are a saint. We appreciate you. Yeah. And with the, you know, experience that you had that, you know, early on kind of the creepy, you know, kind of piggybacking off the creepy experience. Um, how do you feel about, I guess, dating 
um, in your within your gym? Oh my goodness! So, yeah, you know, I have seen some really amazing um, relationships bloom from being training partners, but at the end of the day. I really, really, just from my own personal experiences, never want to date um, within my gym. And sometimes I even question dating within jujitsu again. Um, but yeah, I can just call for me and I will, you know, be really open uh, one of the biggest questions that I do get a lot is, am I single? I really, really wish too that people would stop asking me this question um, on social media, um, not publicly, but privately. I, I just don't like being propositioned when I am at the gym or on the mat. Um, to tell you the truth, I really just have had a bad experience. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I, I think that it's like any working relationship, you know, maybe two people who are dating in the workplace. I don't know. It's the same concept, you know, can it work? Yes. Can it be a disaster? Yes. You know, it's something it, unless you're willing to leave your gym, you know, uh, make sure that it's somebody that you want to have, like you want to marry that person <laughs> because if it's just to like be sleeping with your training partners, I don't think it's smart. Um, if the risk is worth the reward, then maybe go for it. Maybe it'll be the love of your life. And, um, you know, that's a really sexy relationship too. Like when you are in love with somebody who trains, um, you know, and I've seen people go off and get married and start their own gyms and they have these beautiful success stories and beautiful families. So I absolutely will never say don't do it. Um, but it definitely isn't for me. Um, I am technically single, but I am not available to, and like, I, you know, I, I don't like, though having to make up excuses or say that, I don't know, that I'm taken or whatever. And, and I've done that just to kind of, um, not have to say that I'm not interested, but I also don't like having to really go into it. I just don't feel comfortable dating at all right now. Maybe in a year from now, maybe I'll be more open to it. But I don't think it's wise to date within your gym. I choose not to do it. Um, and to me, for me also, I really love having the escape of a gym away from my relationship. So, you know, with my ex-husband, he trains now, but when I was training a lot, he didn't. He didn't understand why I would run away, you know, to jujitsu and go train. But when things were really bad with him and I, like I needed to get away. Um, it was my safe place, which is crazy because it's, you know, such a crazy place to be. Um, 
but that was where I could go and I could just leave it all on the mat and like reset, you know, and it was, it was my therapy. So if I had somebody, you know, in the gym and it was bad, it would make it very, very hard to train, you know, and, um, so it, yeah, it's all situational. I'm not going to tell you what to do or not to do, but for me, <laughs> it's not for me. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, like I said, situational. Yeah. And I, you know, I think I want to get to a place where I can just have fun, do jujitsu, work on my career, um, and I'm, I'm just growing so much that I think that I'm in a place that I would grow away from somebody if I were, you know, in a relationship now. So I don't know. Let's see what the future holds. Maybe solo for life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. So that's yeah. what you choose. That's what you choose. Um, well, Christina. Thank you for doing this. I do appreciate this. And I love talking with you. This this is I know. You know I love talking with you so much. Um and I'm I'm glad, you know, through all the uh you know back and forth, like with you know, just trying to schedule this. Well worth the wait. So I'm glad we got this done. Um you have any mentions that you like to throw out there or shout outs? Uh you know, I just want to say thank you to Peloton, to Sal, to Roberto Cerna um, for always making me come back, for checking on me, for not letting me quit um, in a couple of different areas. Like he's just been a really, really important person in my life. And then to all of the gyms that I train at, like, thank you so much for always welcoming me with open arms. Um, I love the community that we have within jujitsu. Like every single person I train with, every single gym I go to, I just have so much love and gratitude in my heart for those people um, that keep me safe, that keep me having fun and that just make it a really awesome experience. And thank you to you for having me back because it's just been so fun. We, you know, I just, I love talking with you so much and we have some amazing conversations just, you know, off camera. So it's, it's really fun to come back. I'm honored. I'm always honored when I'm invited. I mean, it's so special when you're invited to a gym, when you're invited on a podcast, when you're invi invited to an event. It's like, I never take that for granted. It always, for me, feels so special to be wanted and to be asked. So, yeah, I don't know. It means so much to me. Well, it means a lot to me as the host here, you know, again, for you sharing your time and the people who listen. They appreciate you. So, you know, again, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Yeah. And I want to give one more shout out. Um, December 4th, I know it's a little bit ways away. I am going to be sponsoring one more event. It is called War Under the Lights. And um, it will be held here in Tucson. I'll post a little bit to my story about it. But we have some really cool up and coming um, 
events and um, I'm really, really excited to be a part of it. I, I love these super fights. They're so much fun. And to have something local is just amazing because I don't know. Yeah, I don't have to travel. <laughs> just there. It's just awesome. Right in my backyard. Good, good. Well, get me the information. I'll uh, put it in the show notes and uh, share it and everything. So let me know. I would love that. Thank you so much. No problem. And everyone listening, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing your time with me. And thank you for, you know, all the support on the podcast, everyone. If you all have any questions, concerns, criticisms, feel free to reach out to me. I'm at bjj.wiki on Instagram and Off The Mats Podcast on Instagram. Um, I'd like to give another shout out, as always, to my crew over there at Nerd Rage Radio. Uh, Bobby, Chris, Joe, appreciate you guys. I got Bobby and his family upcoming on an episode of So You Like Horror. And we're going to be talking about the exorcist. So shout out there as well. Go check that podcast out. And another shout out to our good friends over at the Razzle Dazzle podcast. Shut up, nut here on Instagram. I say here on Instagram. What am I saying? On Instagram. Go uh, follow Shut Up Nut. She hosts the Razzle Dazzle podcast along with Nevik. Um, otherwise, thank you, everyone. I appreciate all the support. Love you guys. You guys keep listening, and I'm going to keep making these shows. Thank you, everyone, and bye-bye. Bye. They probably said... Now let me see his soul.